Pastor Bobby called me about two weeks ago and asked me if I'd speak for him because he was going to be that way with the youth. So I began to pray every day in my devotional time. Lord, what should I speak of? I don't know as I've prayed more over one message, but I don't preach much anymore. And I wanted to spend my time preaching on what the Lord wanted me to preach on. And finally, about three or four days ago, he led me to Second Peter chapter 1. And I feel this is what God wanted me to share with you today. <clears throat> Let me read for you. Chapter, keep you, get, find your place and keep it there because we're going to refer to it quite often. But I'm reading for you now verses 12 to 14. Peter said, for so an entrance, I'm sorry, 12. Therefore, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know them and are established in this present truth. Peter said, I'm not going to be negligent to remind you. Yes, I think it is right. As long as I'm in this tent, Peter said, as long as I'm in this body, as long as I'm in this tent to stir you up, to awaken you by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent. Peter's an old man. And so he said, I don't have much longer to live, but while I'm here, I want to remind you of things that you know and are established in. And he said in verse 15, Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. So here Peter is crying out, and you notice who he's writing to in verse 1. Peter says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. He said, I'm writing to those who have obtained precious faith. I'm writing to you, Christians, and I want to remind you, I don't know how long I have in this body, but while I'm here, I'm going to remind you of these things. Because this is important. It's been important in my life, in my walk with the Lord. And I want to stir you up, and I want to remind you of these things. So, what are the things that Peter wanted to share with the fellow Christians of that generation? You notice in verse 3, he says this. As his divine power has given us to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Peter says, look, I want to remind you that God has given us divine power who have partaken of this 
precious faith, the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that the choir sang about. And we want to worship the one who has given us life. And he said, listen, the Lord has given us divine power. What's he talking about? This divine power that is provides us for everything for life and godly living. Jesus had said to his apostles near the last few days of his life, I'm going to leave you, but I'm going to send the Spirit. He's been with you, but then he's going to be in you. And you remember, he said to the disciples after he had been raised from the dead, and he'd been seen for 40 days, he went out onto the uh, Mount of Olives outside of Jerusalem, and while he was talking to them, he said, but you're going to receive power. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And you're going to be witnesses to me. And then he ascended into heaven. And Peter, after Pentecost, when the Spirit of God came on the believers, you notice what Peter said in Acts when he preached that sermon in the second chapter. We read in verse 37, And when they heard this, they were cut to their heart. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? The Jews that came under conviction as Peter preached that day filled with the Spirit of God said, what will we do? And Peter said, repent and let each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you will receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And Paul reminded the church in Colossians, I mean in Corinthians, 619, he says, do you you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have from God? And Peter said, listen, dear people of like precious faith, I want to remind you that God has given us divine power. He's given us the spirit of God to indwell us, who enabled us to live life. With godliness. Boy, that's a great truth we need in this day. Then he says in uh, verse 4. By which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises. That through these promises, you might become partakers of the divine nature. Peter says, I want to tell you, dear brothers and sisters of like precious faith, God has given us divine power, enabling us for life and godliness. And he's given us precious promises. This book, Jesus has promised, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's promised that you are in my hand and I'm in the Father's hand and nothing can take forsake us from God. We are secure in the Lord. And he's promised us that 
Listen. In first, uh, in John fourteen, two and three, said, "In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were so, I would have told you. But Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And then I'm coming again to receive you and myself. So what promises we have is those who are in precious faith that he's going to keep us down here. Even Peter wrote in the first chapter. He says, I shouldn't jump around without preparing, but I'm trying to find the reference. It just came to my mind. He says, we have an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, doesn't fade away. It's reserved in heaven. And we are kept with the power of God through faith and salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Peter says, listen, you've got a wonderful treasure in heaven. And God's going to keep us there until we receive that precious gift there. These are the precious promises that we have from the Lord. And I shared with the men when I prayer breakfast last month. My favorite verse, I memorized this. After I heard a lady missionary give a testimony, I was only six, seven weeks old in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Precious promise. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. And I'm here today, 89 years old, and say, it works. As I've acknowledged the Lord, the Lord has directed my path the last six to eight years that I've known him. And it's been a wonderful journey. Not always easy, but it's been a wonderful journey. Now, Peter said in that next verse, verse 5, he says, But also for this very reason, give all diligence, zeal, to add to your faith. He said, Dear brothers and sisters, God has enabled us when we become Christians by Indwelling us, God dwells inside my body. I'm telling you, no truth has taken longer to get down into my soul and to realize. I know I used to, some of the guys would come up and say, oh, a blanket, a blanket. I, I'm sorry, the preacher's here. I said, let me tell you one thing. You don't have to worry about me, but God is here. And that's who you got to worry about. Lord, say you take the name of the Lord in vain, every idle word you're going to give an account for. Well, if God's inside, I'm going to have to watch what I'm speaking about. And here he says in verse 5, Then that faith that you have, you give all diligence to add to your faith. You need to grow and add to your faith. And of course, I'm not going to go through all these things, but we're to add a virtue. We're to add uh, patience and godliness, brotherly love. We're to 
absorb these things as followers of Jesus Christ. And then he says in verse 10, Now, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you'll never stumble. Peter said, I'm an old man. I'm about ready to go, and I don't know when I'm going to lay down this tent. But as long as I'm here, I'm reminding you that you have power and you have precious promises. And if you will add to your faith these things, you won't be stumbling along in life. You'll be walking the high road. You'll know what victory is. You'll know what my peace is in your heart. And the Peter closed this book, the last two, the last verse, I'm reading from the third chapter, verse 18. He says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He said, dear people, I want you to add to your faith. I want you to grow in your knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And therefore I'm reminding you. Of all that God has done for you. When you've accepted Christ. And became a part of the like precious faith of believers. Now as I meditated over this. I thought. You know I'm kind of like Peter. I'm not an apostle or anything like that. But I'm an old man. And I have a. Love for those like precious faith. And I want to remind them that in my spiritual journey, I found everything Peter said is true. And I want to bear testimony that what Peter shared 2,000 years ago is relevant, never more relevant. That in this day and age of a broken world of evil that we're living in. And I'm kind of like Peter. I don't know when I'm going to put off this tent. Now, I don't want you to think I have a premonition I'm going to die next month. It's possible. I'm realistic enough to know. I just celebrated my... 89th birthday but I came a part of the precious faith when I was 21 years of age it was in the first four months of the Korean War I had been shipped as an airman to the Philippines and it was there that I heard the gospel And it was there that I got on my knees and said, Lord, I realize I'm a sinner. I'm on the broad road and I'm heading for destruction. But you promised if I would call upon the name of the Lord and ask you to save me and put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'd be forgiven. I'd be saved. And I got on my knees and I prayed, God, save me. I'm a sinner. And I want to tell you, 
I didn't feel any earth shaking or anything, but the sun did get a little brighter, and I didn't walk around with a lot of guilt and wondering where I'm going. A settled peace settled into my life. And when I would read verses like Second Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. And I was a new creation. That was 68 years ago. And that's when I began my spiritual journey. And I'm reminding you today, and I could go on for three hours of the things God taught me through those years. I'm going to try to be kind and um, not keep you over time. I'm a person that believes I ought to prepare and have what I what God led me to say. I ought to have it at time to say so we can get out of here by 12 o'clock. So I'm going to practice that now. But it's dangerous when you get to be old and you start reminiscing about old stories that you can't kind of put an end to it. So I'll try to watch that for you. But another verse that really meant a lot to me in those days, understanding what had happened to me, was in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, where it says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. I realized there in the Philippines that God had taken me off the broad road where I was stumbling along, heading for destruction. And by his grace and mercy and the death and burial and blood of Jesus Christ, who paid for my sins, when I asked him to forgive me, he placed me on the straight and narrow. And he put a song in my heart. He lifted me out of the horrible pit and set my feet upon the rock Christ Jesus and put a song in my heart, even praise to my God. And I was still just a baby Christian. But I realized if I was going to grow in grace and I was going to follow these precious promises, I had to read these promises. I had to know them. And so in the first six months, I promised God I'd never lay my head on the pillow that I didn't read this book. And it wasn't always easy, I want to tell you. We were in a war zone, working seven days a week, had to be at work at seven o'clock in the morning. That's when I started getting up early. And man, it's taken. Now if I can sleep to five o'clock, I am a happy soul. And I can go to bed at sunset, but I can't sleep late. Because I thought the only way I could read the Bible, I had to get the dress and be in uniform and be at work. And get something to eat. So I'd have to get up a little earlier yet to have a few minutes where I could read the Bible. And I have never, looking back over my spiritual journey, nothing has helped me more than daily reading the Word of God. And praying. When I'd run into problems, I was... Every day, talking to the Lord, and I'd ask him for wisdom, for help, for strength, for guidance. And he took an old country boy, 
and begin to help straighten my path out. And then the verse in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, that we should run the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So if I was going to run the race, I needed the guidance and the blessing of God. And that's when I determined that I would dig into the quiet time. And that has helped me more, and I'll tell you, than college, seminary, or the doctorate program. Reading the Bible on my knees, praying that God would guide me, lead me. But I faced temptation. I said, Lord, I need help. You know how weak I am. And I want to tell you, when you are walking your spiritual journey, you're going to have temptations. Temptation isn't sin. Jesus was tempted. But he never yielded. It's yielding to temptation that's sin. And when I was saved, I was 21. And I want to tell you, the hormones were rolling. And I was in a sinful, wicked, I mean, prostitutes hung around our base. And many of the married men were living with prostitutes. And I had to pray for holy living. And God is my witness. When we trust the Lord and we ask him, when the temptation comes, God will give us strength. In fact, I memorize facing temptations. I want to tell you, you have temptation even as an old person. They're different. (laughs) But as long as we are in this body and in this world, you'll have temptations. The devil's going to see to that. But I memorize 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says... There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. I realized that I wasn't the only person having temptation. It was common. When you try to live holy in an unholy environment, when you try to live pure in an impure environment, you're going to be tempted. And it says, no temptation, but it's common to man. But God, is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able but will with the temptation make a way of escape and I'll tell you when you seek the Lord when you read his word when you pray and you bring your temptations to the Lord you'll find that he's faithful And sometimes, I'm telling you, I faced some of so bad. I said, Lord, you said you'd make a way of escape. And you would never let me be tempted above what I'm able. I don't think I'm able to face this one. I'm glad you see more in me than I see in myself. But I'm trusting you to help me. He's faithful. He helped us. And I'm a better man today 
because I trusted God through the temptations. And long about that time, I had finished my enlistment with the military. Now with the GI Bill, I dropped out of East Carolina because I was so poor and uh, joined the Air Force. So when I got rid of the military obligation, I had the GI Bill. So I was enrolled in Taylor University. Never heard of it. But in my last few months in the Philippines, a evangelistic basketball team came, made up from students from Taylor and Wheaton College. And they had uh, the head coach was the Don Odell from Taylor. And these boys would be like a gospel team, but they were all top college ball players. And they would play, they were playing the Philippine Olympic team. And I don't know whether they won or not, but they made a good showing. But they got a lot of publicity. I read in the paper, these Bible dribbles were playing at the uh, stadium down at the uh, Manila <clears throat> Boulevard. And I thought, what in the world is that? So I went to the game that night, and uh, these boys played good basketball at halftime, sweating and dripping out there. They brought out a microphone, and one of them played an accordion, a couple of them sang, others gave their testimony. And I thought, isn't that something? Here the stadium is full of a bunch of athletes and young people that never go to a church, and these boys are sharing the gospel. Well, they got a lot of publicity. Then all the little native pastors and communities would set up a game in their community, and they would play three or four games a day, one in the morning, 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Then at night, with lights strung up around a little uh, burial court, and they'd give the testimony. And the pastor and the church people would pass out a picture, and on the back would be... Uh, where they could write in and, and get a free uh, Bible correspondent course. And they were really used. And I, I went down at the end of the game and meeted them and found they were from Taylor. And uh, I had gone to East Carolina on a football scholarship so I could go to Taylor and play football and still get a Christian education. So that's where I was. But I was kind of lonely. I was 24 years old, and I wanted a companion. And you know what I did? I prayed. Lord, lead me to the wife that I should have. You know me and my shortcomings, and you know what I need. And you know, <clears throat> I wasn't dating every girl I could date. Because it wasn't bad being the quarterback on the football team. I could have a lot of choices. Probably didn't deserve them, but they just come that way. But I said, Lord, I'm asking you to guide me. And I was active when I had a little free time with going to the gospel team. We'd go down to Louisville. And there I met at the Jewish mission home. I put a little nurse. And... Four months later, two dates, four months, we were married at Christmas break.
And we've had 64 years. God confirming that he brought the right person to take care of my loneliness. And my part is, if in all your ways, you acknowledge him. He'll direct your path, whether it's temptation, whether it's loneliness, whatever the problems that come. If we honor the Lord, he will honor us. Peter was right. I want to remind you that God, if you are in the precious faith of trusting Jesus and you are a child of God, God has given you the Holy Spirit who's enabled you for life and godliness. And he's given you all these precious promises, the word of God, which is quick and powerful, forever established in the heavens. And he will guide us if we will honor him and trust him. And not only will you face temptation if you follow your spiritual journey, looking unto Jesus, running the race, you're going to face some trials. And I've had some trials, like everybody. When you're in a fallen world, trying to live right, straight when it's crooked, you're going to have trials. I'm not going to share a lot of them, but I'm going to share this one. Yesterday we celebrated my 89th birthday with my handsome grandson, Thad Tarkington. We both were either blessed or yoked by being born on the same day, quite a few years apart. So through the years, we've kind of celebrated together. And I have appreciated that. But his mom, Doc Beth Willis, in 1999, one Saturday afternoon, she called in tears and said, your son just died. You talk about a trial. Lance was my son, my only son. And he was dead. Naturally, Alma and I went immediately to Charlotte. And knowing that the Lord would never leave me, I never depended on him more. And standing there at the casket, looking down at his body. I didn't ask why, because God's not going to tell me. But it seemed like the Lord said to me, Aren't you grateful? That he embraced the Lord. That he walked with God. That he died in faith. And have I not promised to be absent from the body, is present with the Lord 
And one day we're going to hear the shout and the trumpet. And the dead in Christ are going to be raised. And you know, I found comfort in the fact that he was in Christ. I was in Christ. And he's the resurrection and the life. And then you have no trial that if you bring it to the Lord, that he can't bring his peace, his comfort. And I tell you, my message today is that what Peter reminded his generation of is relevant that God has empowered us when we're saved. He's given us the precious promises and that if we rest on those promises, seek his face, grow in grace, that through the trials and tribulations and stresses of life, he'll be with us. He'll not fail us. Because as I looked at my son, I remembered Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. And Peter wanted the people to remember and seek the Lord and add to their faith to grow in grace and enjoy the journey and be a witness for the Lord. Not just struggling around with our little petty humanistic problems, but lift up our eyes and look unto the Lord from which cometh our help. Our help coming from the Lord. And there's one other thought I want to close with. Peter said in verse 10, if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Peter was on the threshold of stepping into God's eternal kingdom. And he said, listen, if you do these things I've reminded you of, and you add to your faith, you grow in grace, when you come to the end, there's going to be an entrance abundant into the everlasting kingdom of God. I don't know whether when that's going to be for me, but I know it's going to be real. Just like every other promise, I've seen God work out in my last 68 years of my spiritual journey. And so, dear brothers and sisters of like precious faith, I exhort you to put into practice what Peter reminded us of. And trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him. And let him direct your path. And there will be for you a glorious entrance when we come to the end of the way into his eternal kingdom. 
That's the great God that we have, that we sing about, that we worship, that we brought us here today. Let's commit ourselves afresh to him and see him release his power in our own lives. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you today for all your great mercies. We thank you for the Bible, the word of God, these precious promises. We thank you for the indwelling Lord, you, the King of glory, in the third person of the Trinity, come to dwell in our mortal bodies. Help us to be more sensitive, to listen to his voice, follow his guidance, that we might be witnesses for our Lord. Father, we pray for Bobby and all the team that's with the young people that you would give them a safe, enjoyable trip. Bring them home safely. And Lord, that your hand would be upon us, that we would so walk in unity with the Lord, that we would see you making Christ known to many more in Windsor. Bertie County. Lord, help us to seek the Lord with all our hearts. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing in closing. Trust and obey. And that's what Peter wrote about and what I tried to preach about this morning. That we need to trust the Lord and obey the Lord. Let's stand as we say Ed Thompson, would you please dismiss us in prayer?